The road to WrestleMania has begun. Quick, somebody find me a sign to point at. If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Hit me. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ninja Nerd Warrior Podcast for January 30th, 2023. I am your host, Greg Hernandez, and how the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I'm on one today. I'm in a really good mood. I don't know why, but I am, and when you're in a good mood, fuck it, don't question it. So, yeah, WrestleMania season has begun. It officially started yesterday with the Royal Rumble, and you know what? That was a long-ass show. Fucking hell, that was a... All right, quick question. At what point did WWE decide to throw their one-hour media scrum at the end of the fucking pay-per-view? What kind of bullshit is that? All right, I'm going to pass. I'm going to be bouncing around all over the place here. But I was, uh, I was distracted yesterday, so I didn't watch the show live. And when I say distracted, my brother lent me his Oculus. And yeah, that thing is fucking great for all you Star Trek nerds. It's like having a holodeck on your face. It's fucking great. So yeah, I was distracted. I was the, the uh, short attention span nerd in my head. I actually forgot the Royal Rumble was on. <laughs> that actually happened. So um, I will be doing a show probably next week about the Oculus. And um, yeah, all the fun shit. I have... In the last 24 hours, I have survived a zombie apocalypse, and I've got to be Tony Stark. A broke version of Tony Stark, but Tony Stark nonetheless. So, yeah, expect that show coming out next week. But I forgot the rumble was on. That happened. That was a thing. I realized, when the battery on the Oculus died, um, I realized that the rumble had started, like, 35 minutes ago, and I went, oh, shit. And for all you peacockers out there, um, you know that you can't rewind a live show. You know, if you're if you're um, if you're pirating the fucking thing, yeah, you can start from the beginning. No big no big deal. It's probably what I should have done, but that would have saved me like an entire day. Anyway, yeah, hindsight twenty twenty. Fuck it. But so the show was like 35, 45 minutes in, and I went, oh shit. Okay, so. Going old school, my old school pay-per-view brain, yeah, the pay-per-view starts at 5, the replay starts at 8, because that's how pay-per-view used to be. You actually have to, had to rent satellite time, and if you went over, you were fucked. So you actually had to get a three-hour pay-per-view in so that the cable companies could sell you the replay again at 8 o'clock. So, old school brain, I'm thinking, yeah, pay-per-view starts at 5, um, and the replay starts at 8. Cool. So I just charged the Oculus and I kept fucking playing. And I came back at eight o'clock, turned on my Peacock app and um, we're only halfway through. I'm like, the fuck? What? This show's been on for three hours. Are you shitting me? We're only halfway through. And I have no idea why, but I'm not a spoiler person. I don't give a shit about spoilers. But there was something in my brain that said, don't watch this pay-per-view from the middle on and then go back and punch the table and go back and start from the beginning and watch it all over again. Don't do that. I don't know why. I don't know. My, my OCD is getting worse as I get older. I don't know. So fuck it. Put the octaves back on. Came back at nine o'clock. Fucking show's still going. Are you shitting me? Come back at 10 and I see Triple H sitting behind a fucking media table answering, answering quote unquote reporters. And by reporters, I turned it on just in time to see Triple H sitting behind the uh, sitting behind the table, looking like Jeff Bridges and Iron Man looking like Obadiah Stane. And the first question I heard was, yeah, I'm so and so from the 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 bump which is WWE's own podcast. They're doing they're doing press for podcasts they own. This is this is a fucking joke, right? You're kidding me with this shit, right? That that was like me recording my podcast just for the sole purpose of listening to it myself. 
which I do, but hopefully other people listen to it too. But, um, yeah, so I just went, what the fuck is this bullshit? When did they start, like, publicly doing media scrums? And I wonder if the fact that Tony Khan does it is why that, that shit happened. Tony Khan has done a media scrum after every AEW pay-per-view, and I wonder if Hunter is now, like, I call him Hunter because, you know, that's what I call him when we're drinking together. Um, I wonder if Hunter was like, well, we should do a media scrum and we should put it on the pay-per-view because it's a pay-per-view and title only because nobody's going to pay for this shit. Anyway, the replay started at like 11 o'clock and I went, this is some bullshit. Do the math in my head. The show started at 5 Six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. This was a six-hour pay-per-view. The fuck? What? I have binge-watched entire seasons of shows faster than six hours. What is this bullshit? Oh, my God. So the show started at 11. But I watched it at 12 because, you know, I was too busy being Iron Man. And um, so we started with the men's Royal Rumble. And I went, wait, did I have a stroke? We, we started with the main event. And I had a couple people. I checked my text messages. I wasn't checking my phone all day because I was too busy being Iron Man. And um, my buddy Jesse came on, or he messaged and said, hey, um, basically he dropped a spoiler on the Rumble Again, I'm not a big spoiler person, so it's not a big deal. I'm a pro wrestler. I know the finish. I've known the finish for every match I've ever seen as the guys were coming through the curtain. It's, it doesn't matter what the ending is. It's the story you tell from the beginning to the end that matters. So I've had people try and spoil TV shows, try to spoil movies for me and like tell me how they ended. And I go, oh, cool. All right. Let's see if the story they tell makes sense. And if it doesn't, that's what makes it suck. Knowing how something ends doesn't spoil it. Seeing how they get there and whether they did a great job or shit the bed, that's what tells you if it's good or bad. Anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. So, like I said, we opened with the Men's Royal Rumble, and I, I, I kind of had mixed feelings about it because I'm like, you're opening the show with the main event. Um, and you know what? There is some logic to shut up and see how it plays out. Because the way they did it made perfect sense. And I'll get back to that later. But the Royal Rumble starts. You have Gunther as number one and Sheamus as number two. These dudes beat the crap out of each other last year at the, was it Clash in the Castle? Yeah, whatever that show was at. Um, Cardiff. In Cardiff. Wales. Um, I'm American. We don't know other countries, so I'm sorry. Um, these guys beat the shit out of each other. So when I see these two start off the match, I'm like, oh, these fucking guys are going to kick the shit out of each other for at least the next two minutes. And they did. They beat the dog piss out of each other for the next two minutes until the Miz came in. And then they took turns just beating the Miz. Like, beat him like he stole something. Oh, my God. It was fantastic. Now... The, the worker side of me says, you know what? Mike Mizanin's probably a fucking cool guy. Hang with him. He's probably cool as shit. I've heard he's one of the nicest guys you could ever meet, you know. But the little fan Mark, uh, 11-year-old that started watching wrestling in my head who still lives there, he, he, he just annoyed as shit as this, at this guy. So to watch him get beat like he stole something from both guys mothers was fantastic and then it turned into every other rumble you've ever seen until brock lesnar came in and i think brock came in at like 11 12 i don't know i wasn't paying that much attention um because if you've watched more than two royal rumbles they all start looking pretty much the same bunch of guys in there beating the shit out of each other there's often a lot of great spots um, there's going to be like 117 near eliminations where a guy is getting held up on the, the top of the, like the, the turnbuckles for no apparent reason whatsoever. And the guy holding him up just can't let him go and fucking watch him fall to earth. Like, no, there's going to be like 117 of those. 
There's going to be some cool, uh, some cool high spots. Um, some guy is going to do some crazy, like, near elimination but save himself. That was supposed to be Kofi, but he fucked that up. Brock Lesnar comes into this Royal Rumble. And what he did was just... Okay, let's... I'm going to cut right to Brock's elimination of Santos Escobar. Poor fucking Santos Escobar. This this can almost be described as a hate crime. That's ba That poor little brown man just got thrown up over Brock Lesnar's head backward. Brock threw this guy over his head backward like a fucking bale of hay that I'm pretty sure Brock grew up just fucking tossing over the barn. That he caught Santos Escobar. Santos comes off the top rope with a crossbody. Brock catches him like a child, throws him backward, and I'm not entirely sure Santos has landed yet. He just threw this fucking guy, like, straight up. And this poor fucking dude, like, I haven't heard Santos is dead, so that news hasn't come out yet, so I'm assuming he's okay, but that was, that was a hate crime, folks. It really was. Uh, you had... Brock and Gunther. These two guys faced off, and I'm like, oh. This is like Hitler's wet dream right here. This is basically what he was talking about with the Master Race. And these two guys, they just faced off, and I'm like, do it. Just start beating the shit out of each other. Because Gunther has probably the stiffest chops I've ever seen in my life. Like... I'm just picturing that man chopping me and me thinking, don't shit your pants. Don't shit your pants. That, that's what I'm thinking. Because this dude, did you, uh, the, um, who, oh God, who was it? I, well, I think it was Seamus at Clash of the Castle. This poor fucking dude's chest looked like hamburger meat. By the end of that match, it was just a pound of ground round. It was, oh my God. So I'm just picturing Gunther with these stiff ass chops and Brock, being a legitimate MMA heavyweight, just fucking knocking Gunther out for it. That's what I'm picturing. No, Bobby Lashley had to come in and fucking broke it up and immediately tossed Brock. Brock was in the ring for like 12 minutes. And I'm just like, really? You got rid of Brock that early? And my next thought was, you know you paid him like $3 million for like 12 minutes of work, right? That Brock doesn't come cheap. Like that's, no, you're going to you're gonna have to run to the ATM if you want Brock in your rumble. So anyway, um, the other high spot I remember was Logan Paul was back. Logan Paul, who they put this guy over huge. The last time we saw Logan Paul was his match against Roman Reigns and I was I I'm not a was not a big Logan Paul fan. I'm not a big I'm not a big advocate of these guys who come from other, you know, other areas outside of wrestling. Because I've just I've been an indie worker. I know thousands of indie workers. I know people that have sacrificed their life and their bodies for this business. And then to see a guy with a fucking YouTube show and he's done like half a dozen fixed boxing matches. So he's kind of a fake tough guy to see him come into wrestling. I'm just like, oh, fuck this guy, you know, and it's a it's a typical WWE ploy. They bring in somebody with, with a high profile and a big name because they want to get some mainstream eyes on the product, which never works long term. It doesn't. But. The match that Logan Paul had with Roman Reigns, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong, and I take it back. Much respect. Unfortunately, he blew his fucking knee out. <laughs> and we haven't seen him since. So he shows up in the Royal Rumble, and I went, oh, yeah, that's right. They, they had this guy under contract. Cool. All right. And this is in Texas. And Texas just wanted this guy dead. They hated this fucking guy. And there's this spot in the Rumble where Logan Paul is outside the ring on the apron on one side and Ricochet is on the apron outside the ring on the other side. And these two guys, the 
best way I can describe this spot. This was... This spot was a Zack Snyder movie. In the sense that it looked fantastic, but made no fucking sense whatsoever. These two guys simultaneously do a springboard on their respective sides of the ring. They spring toward each other and collide about 10 feet above the mat, going what had to be 40 miles an hour. <laughs> These two guys just fucking hit head to head in the ring. And I thought I watched a death. I seriously thought this was a car crash with two cars going 50 miles an hour, just slamming head on. I laughed my ass off. I laugh because it's not the first time I've seen this spot. I saw this spot 10 years ago at an indie show at a, at a PWG show. I think I think it was like a PWG show in like 2012. I could not tell you who did it. I remember somebody sending me the video clip and I went, Oh, and I thought the same thing. I went, that looked fantastic, but that made no fucking sense whatsoever. Now I saw it on a WWE pay-per-view by Logan Paul and Ricochet springboard into each other. I, I almost pissed myself. I laughed so hard. I think I peed a little bit. It was fucking great. We then got at some point. Um, oh, he was number 30, wasn't he? Cody Rhodes. Anybody who didn't think Cody Rhodes was winning this whole fucking thing, you're an idiot. All right? Because... I swear, the moment Rock said, hey, I'm not going to be in WrestleMania shape, they started pushing Cody hard. We start getting, Cody shows up on, was it Raw? Sends in a video on Raw of him saying that he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. And we start getting these video montages of him going through rehab and training. And, and they kept saying he had a torn pack torn peck you know they just kept they kept emphasizing this torn peck and at one point i swear i swear that um oh what's that fucking guy's name um the announcer uh mcafee that, that mcafee i swear to god at one point mcafee said he had a torn pecker and i just went did i just hear that right did mcafee just say torn pecker you know what? There were so many Bang Brothers references. I would not surprise me if McAfee slipped in a Torn Pecker line. But I, I thought I either either McAfee said Torn Pecker or I had a stroke. I'm not entirely sure. They're both plausible. But they just put a ridiculous amount of promotional muscle behind Cody Rhodes. So I knew this guy was winning the Rumble three weeks ago. And I haven't watched an entire WWE show in like six months. I really haven't like I'll watch I'll watch 30, 40 minutes of raw, 30, 40 minutes of Smackdown, like here and there. I can't sit through an entire show. It's too fucking long. So but I still knew Cody was winning like three weeks ago because I swear rock put out an announcement on Thursday, not going to be in shape in time for WrestleMania. And they started pushing Cody on Monday like it, it was that quick. So Cody Rhodes comes out. It comes down to Cody and uh, Gunther. Who went, he went bell to bell. Uh, uh, Gunther went, he came in at number one, got eliminated by number 30, by Cody. It was those two left. This dude set a new Rumble record. Uh, he was in there one hour, 11 minutes. He has eclipsed anyone else who's ever been in the Rumble. That's respect. Holy shit, that's respect right there. But... The end was just, they told a great story. They've, the announcers, all the announcers, Graves, Cole, McAfee, they told a fantastic story about Cody Rhodes finishing the story. Remember when Cody made his debut or, you know, he, he the Monday after WrestleMania, he comes out, he cuts the promo about he wants to do what his dad couldn't. He wants to win the title so he could present it to his dad. And he acknowledged that, of course, Dusty passed away a few years ago, so he's not going to be able to hand that belt over. But he said he can win that belt and put it up on the mantle next to that picture of his dad. That was the story they told before Cody got hurt. So the announcers did an excellent job of telling that story, of Cody finishing the story. 
He's back from this, um, what could have been a career-ending injury, and he wants to win this Rumble for his dad, go main event WrestleMania, win that title. They told the, again, hats off to the announcers. They were fantastic. Gunther, on the other hand, sold the shit out of this story because he chopped the dog pits out of Cody. Oh, my God. He just kept beating Cody's ass for what felt like 10 minutes. It might, it might not have been that long, but the, 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 the time these two were in the ring at the end of that rumble, it went on forever. Like, Gunther just beat Cody's ass, and Cody would start to make a comeback, and Gunther would start beating his ass again. Cody would come back, Gunther starts beating his ass. Cody did just enough to keep getting his ass kicked, basically is what happened. And then this went on, it kept going, and I'm just thinking like, holy shit, this is when it started to drag. Not gonna lie, this is when this started to drag. I'm just like, well, somebody fucking tossed Gunther already? Like, just throw the guy out of the ring. And that's what happened. Cody dumps, dumps Gunther out of the ring. Cody gets on the, on the turnbuckle. He wins the Rumble. He points at the WrestleMania sign because contractually everyone's obligated to point at the WrestleMania sign from here on out. And it was a good Rumble. I enjoyed it. I, I had a good time with it. The rest of the show, not so much. We followed up that Rumble with the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. This show, this match, had to be sponsored by Mountain Dew. A drink that Adam Carolla, for the last 20 years, has referred to as the nectar of the tards. And this match reflected it. It really did. Okay, listen. I know a lot of you guys love Bray Wyatt. I know you guys think he's fucking cool. And you know what? They had the Bray Wyatt character fucking 30 years ago with Waylon Mercy. This is just Wyndham Rotundo taking that gimmick and making it better, all right? But let, don't, don't kid yourselves. Bray Wyatt is Waylon Mercy from fucking 93 or whatever, whenever that fucking was. But, and I know you guys think he's like the next Undertaker. No. No, he's not. Sorry. Hate to break it to you. He's not, okay? And a lot of you guys are like, but he's doing all the mystic stuff and the dark magical stuff. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. This is like a trauma film, all right? It's all flash, no substance. Just stop, all right? This match, you had L.A. Knight, the guy with the, the, the saddest pro wrestling name I've ever heard, because apparently there's got to be a 50-year-old in the writing room who took L.A. gear and British Knights and just fucking rammed them together, and he's going to be L.A. Knight. That happened. I'm sure it did. And you have Eli Drake, who's now L.A. Knight, this poor fucking guy, and then you had Bray Wyatt come out. And holy shit, his entrance takes a long, long goddamn time. It really does. And he gets in the ring, and it's a pitch black match. So they dropped all the lighting and just put on black lights. And Bray Wyatt is covered in fluorescent paint, so he glows in the dark. Base Corey Graves... Corey Graves had this fantastic line. And I normally, I can't stand Corey Graves. I, I'm sure, again, I'm sure he's a cool dude. But his announcing just tap dances on my last nerve sometimes. But he had two great lines in here. This was the first one when he said, This match is looking like the back room at a Spencer Gifts. I died. I fucking died. <laughs> Because this 90s kids, we all hung out at Spencer's Gifts. We know exactly what he's talking about. That was fantastic. I thought this match looked like... This match looked like Jeff Hardy had sex with an EDM festival and they made a baby. That's what this match looked like. The match was fine. It was okay. Um, it was just these two guys going back and forth. And then all of a sudden, Bray hit his finish and won. That was it. That was it. And the post-match. Fucking ridiculous. Oh, my God. This is, this is the shit I'm talking about, where you're trying to make another Undertaker, 
and it's just not working. Okay, because first we had Bray Wyatt, the Eater of Worlds, and then we had the Fiend, which was fucking stupid. And then the mask was cool. The Fiend's mask was kick-ass. I will say that, but that's only because Tom Tom Savini did it. Tom, it was a Tom Savini uh, product, so I will give points where points were deserved. But the whole Fiend gimmick was stupid. You had Mister Rogers, who was also uh, Pennywise the Clown in a really fucked up wish.com type of way. And then Vince fired Bray Wyatt. <laughs> and then you find out Vince was a rapist. So Hunter takes over and Hunter brings Bray Wyatt back. And now we have kind of a mixture of Bray Wyatt post fiend. You have this other guy who's uncle howdy. What an uncle howdy is. I have no idea. And first Bray's uncle howdy. But then, no, Uncle Howdy's somebody else. But then Uncle Howdy kicks the shit out of Bray Wyatt. But now they're working together because they're friends. Are you confused? Because I sure as fuck am. This is what I'm talking about, folks. They're trying to create a new Undertaker, and they have no idea how to do it. And we see this thing where the post-match, poor L.A. Knight, grabs, he grabs a, a kendo stick which is still glowing in the dark, so it looks like he's hitting him with a fucking lightsaber, which I thought was, I thought was cool as shit. I, I geeked out for that. But he's hitting him in the head with this kendo stick, and Bray Wyatt has put on a mask that makes him impervious to pain. Why the fuck didn't he come down to the ring wearing that mask? It's a lot harder to beat a guy who can't feel shit. So, yeah, but he waited till after the match to put on the mask. I don't know. Just go with it. I am. Bray Wyatt beats the shit out of L.A. Knight, puts him on a crash pad. They look up 40, 30, 40 feet in the air. There's Uncle Howdy, who does a giant truss fall, misses uh, L.A. Knight by like 50 feet, and fucking pyros go off. All right. That happened. Anyway, moving on. To follow up this shit, we had Alexa Bliss... And Bianca Belair, it was a match. That's, that's what I'm going to say. It was a match. I will say this. This Alexa Bliss gimmick is so bipolar that I'm shocked I never dated it. That, yeah. That's, apparently that is, the, that is the, the gimmick she's trying to get over. Is that, no, she's Alexa Bliss, the former gymnast and former women's champion. No, she's Alexa Bliss, the broken doll of the fiend. And fuck, I don't. It was a match. We then had the women's Royal Rumble. I will say this. The show was dragging. I, I will. The show did start to drag after a while. But there wasn't that many matches on it. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Because I'm just like, all right, we had the sh shit black match. And then we had the women's title match. Now we have the women's Royal Rumble. Oh, that means we're almost done, right? Okay. All right, cool. You had Rhea Ripley, who comes out as number one, um, who got attacked by, I forgot to mention this, uh, she got attacked by Beth Phoenix earlier in the night, and holy shit, you cannot tell me Beth Phoenix is not getting a WrestleMania match. Like, I swear, it's going to be like Edge and Beth Phoenix versus uh, Rhea Ripley. No, Rhea Ripley, never mind. I almost fucked that up, but we'll get to that in a second. But uh, she got into it with, with Beth Phoenix earlier in the night, and Beth Phoenix, holy shit. Here's why I thought Beth Phoenix was going to have a match at WrestleMania. She is jacked as shit. All right? The last time we saw Beth Phoenix, Rhea Ripley gave her a concerto, and that was six months ago, eight months ago. I forget how long ago it was. Apparently, getting hit in the head helps you put on 20 pounds of muscle. Because Beth Phoenix is huge. She came out looking like a Viking. Like, if that's how it works, hit me in the head with a fucking chair. Because I need to get back into shape. Beth Phoenix looks fantastic. Oh, my God. So, Rhea Ripley comes out. And she is selling the fight with Beth Phoenix from earlier. Liv Tyler is number one. Number two, excuse me. And again, it's been a while since I've watched a whole SmackDown. But apparently, at some point... 
Liv Morgan said that she wanted to be number one. And somebody backstage, just to fuck with her, said, yeah, we're not going to make you number one. We'll put you at number two. Well, if you're going to make her number two, just fucking give her number one. What's the difference? So we had the Women's Royal Rumble, and uh, Dana Brooke was number three. So you had, like, botch spots galore. Oh, my. How does Dana Brooke still have a job? I mean... Good on her that she still has a job and she's doing this on a national basis and making main roster money. Good on her. But, oh my God. Dana Brooke is supposed to be a gymnast turned power lifter. I do believe that's her legitimate backstory, which is the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. Gymnast turned power lifter. Those, those body types don't usually mesh. But Dana Brooke has pulled it off. However, she has learned that putting on 30 pounds of muscle takes away from your agility as a gymnast because she's doing handsprings and missing by like a day and a half. And she's throwing elbows that like Stevie Wonder could have seen the daylight between her and her target. Like it was it was bad. It was really bad. And again, at this point, like at this point. Royal Rumble hypnosis took over. Like I said, if you've seen more than two or three Royal Rumbles, they all start looking the same. Bunch of bodies getting tossed over the top rope, people hitting spots. You have a cool, you have a cool few, few spots. I will admit this. I've been sleeping on Roxanne Perez. I really have, which sounds way dirtier than I meant it to, but stay with me. I've been hearing um, Roxanne Perez's name uh, volleyed about in NXT. And I've heard she's done great. I know she was trained by Booker T. She's from Texas. She started training when she was like 16 years old. She is the former ROH women's champion. Okay. So I know about her. Couldn't pick her out of a lineup. I've never watched her work. And so when she came out, I went, oh, this is Roxanne Perez. Okay, cool. And then... She hits this multiple rotation satellite head scissor total lucha takedown on Rhea Ripley. And I, I went, oh, holy shit. That looked amazing. And props to Rhea. Rhea made Roxanne look like a million bucks. Just, just put her over to the moon. It looked fantastic. And I will admit, I, I have been sleeping on Roxanne Perez, and I will no longer be. I, I need to check out more of her shit because she looked fantastic. Um, and then Zia Lee enters the ring with a spear. That happened. Zia Lee has this whole Street Fighter Chun Li like gimmick going on, and she does this en entrance with her total just Japanese Street Fighter street gear, and she has with her an eight foot spear. And she proceeds to run down the aisle with the spear. And I'm going, hey, ref, um, ref, ref, she's got a fucking spear. And apparently nobody noticed this. This match was in the Alamo Dome. She probably legit had to run 300 feet to get to the fucking ring. And nobody saw the spear until she was walking up the stairs. Worst referees outside of the NFL. And so she's trying to get in the ring with this eight-foot spear, and finally a ref goes, yeah, I don't think you can do that. And he tries to get the spear away from her, and there's this tug of war for this Japanese weapon of death. And finally, you remember the, like, the cartoons where like two cartoon characters will be doing a tug of war over something, and then one guy just lets it go, and the other one falls on his ass and probably falls off a cliff, and yeah, that's what Zia Lee did to this poor referee. My spear, your spear, my spear, your spear, your spear, and then drops him on his ass. That happened. Outside of that, I can't remember shit else that uh, Zia Lee did. I don't fucking remember. Uh, the next thing I remember is Asuka running to the ring. Oh, the we all know Asuka's gimmick. Okay, for number one, I Asuka is probably the best women's worker in the division. All right? Don't, don't give me this Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch bullshit. Fuck that. Asuka is hands down probably the best, most experienced worker in the women's division, which would also make her the most underutilized member of the women's division. 
she comes down and she's got this total what's the we've all seen the Japanese um how oh god I don't even know how it was basically like the dragon floats where you have like six or eight people inside and they're all you know Asuka came down with one of those masks on and it looked fantastic and she comes down the 300 foot ramp to the ring and as she's getting as she's coming down she's getting into the ring she takes the mask off and she looks like a space juggalo I I I, somebody's yelling at me right now, like, no, that was her old Kana war, uh, uh, war paint. Whatever. I don't know. She looked like a space juggalo. Just fucking stop. Like, like, a, like a bottle of Fago in her back pocket. I didn't know. But the Women's Royal Rumble comes down to Rhea Ripley, number one, Liv Morgan, number two, and Asuka. I don't remember what, what point Asuka entered the match. Those three are the three, the final three in the Royal Rumble. And what happens is they all end up on the apron. They've all gone over the top rope. They're on the apron. Rhea Ripley is in the middle fighting off both challengers. And I'm like, wait, isn't Rhea the heel? Or isn't Rhea the heel and these two? You have the heel fighting off multiple, uh, multiple challengers. All right. Normally something you have the baby face do, but okay. Fucking go with it. And at one point, Asuka goes for the blue mist because, you know, I guess green mist is trademarked. Great Muda might get upset. Maybe. I don't know. Goes for the blue mist. Uh, Rhea Ripley ducks. Liv Morgan just takes a face full. That sounded dirty when I meant it to. Anyway, and now Liv Morgan is blind. Can't see shit. So she's been neutralized. Rhea and Asuka are just going back and forth, battling. Finally, Rhea knocks, she knocks uh, Asuka off the ring apron. Asuka's eliminated. This rumble has now come down to the first woman in the ring and the second woman in the ring. And Liv can't see. So they're battling. She takes, she gives her like, what did she give her? Like a, a knee to the jaw or something. And Rhea takes a bump grabs the top rope. She's doing the Shawn Michaels, holding onto the rope and kicking her legs and shit. And Rhea's legs are like four feet long. So why couldn't, how she was holding the top rope and not touching the floor, props, much respect. I have short stubby legs. I can pull that off way better than she can. So how she did it, much respect. But the best part is Liv is still selling the mist in the eyes. So she's walking along the apron and she's reaching out because she can't see and she's feeling along the top and she feels Rhea's hands. So she starts punching Rhea's hands, trying to get her to let go. And Rhea does like, it looked like she was going to skin the cat, but she just throws these fucking four and a half foot long legs up, grabs Liv like by the head with her ankles and just Flips uh, Liv Morgan's tiny ass off the apron. Liv took a fantastic bump. I will say that. She just took a face, well, not a face first, like a front flip bump onto, like, flat back onto her, onto the, onto the floor. And Rhea Ripley is the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble 2003. And my first thought was, dear God, please tell me she's going to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That would, you know what? I would pay to see that. That's, I mean, that's some Vince Russo shit. It really is. But fuck it. I would, would tell me you wouldn't want to see that. Brock can't make it. So fuck it. We're going to get put Rhea Ripley in with uh, Roman Reigns. Fuck that shit. It is now time for your main event. It is Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens for the undisputed heavyweight title of the world. In about two hours, when Roman finally gets the fucking ring. Oh my god. Folks, this show was six hours long, and I swear two hours of it was just Roman walking from the curtain to the ring. This dude knows how to milk every microsecond of his entrance. Holy shit. Oh, you thought The Undertaker's entrance was long. Oh, Roman Reigns said, hold my beer. Oh, um, I actually, I shit you not. Roman Reigns' entrance started. I got up. 
I switched my laundry over. I went and made some food. Came back, and they were doing ring introductions. I shit you not, that happened. I'm not even exaggerating about that shit. I legit went over. I think I took a piss. I, tr- I, I put my laundry from the washer into the dryer, made a sandwich, fucking came back, and they're barely doing ring introductions. So, yeah, that happened. And this match, it was good. I, I did. Well, I mean, it's fucking Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. It's going to be good. No shit. Like, yeah, good call there, dumbass. But it's here's here's my thing. Fully respect Roman Reigns. They have made this guy a fucking superstar. WWE has not had a superstar since John Cena. Okay? And I know there's going to be a lot of people get pissed off at me when I say that. John Cena was the last superstar, and that was 20 years ago. Think about that shit for a second. John Cena debuted 20 years ago, and ever since then... WWE has had just a bunch of substitute teachers. That has been it. You have not made a superstar. And Roman is the guy. He really is. They have made him untouchable. So good on them. They finally... This is... Okay. WWE hot-potatoed their world title so much that it became a joke. All right? And then... When you divide the title and make a world champion and a universal champion, that's just fucking stupid, okay? Because who's the top guy in your promotion? Well, we have two. Then it's not special, you know? Roman comes along, and not only has he had an 881-day, 882-day title reign, but you put both titles on him. So you made this guy, you made this guy a fucking titan, no pun intended. That's what you did. You made him a titan. You made him larger than life. So good on you. You should have done it six fucking years ago. I've been saying this. I'm going to keep saying it. The day after this fucking guy beat Undertaker at WrestleMania, you should have started this head of the table shit then. But you pissed away three years having him do fucking sucker and succotash uh, promos and shit. And the crowd hated the guy. And the guy went away. Unfortunately, you know, he got sick. Thankfully, he's in remission. But you brought him back. As soon as he came back, you made him a badass. He should have been a fucking badass the day after he beat Undertaker. Been saying it for, what, eight years now. Anyway. So the Roman Roman Reigns thing has worked. It absolutely has worked. Here's the problem. Every Roman Reigns match is the same. Every single one is the same. Roman has a great match with whoever he's in there with. And then you have the bloodline. They do the run-in. And this is putting putting Roman together with his real-life family. Awesome. Cool as shit. I, I enjoy it. I respect it. You know, having him in there with the Usos, having him in there with Solo Sokoa, making them a unit is fantastic. The problem is that everybody in pro wrestling has a fucking faction now. Every single fucking person. You have the bloodline. You have damage control. You have Judgment Day. You have... You had the Undisputed Era in NXT, and it's not just a WWE problem. Fucking AEW. You have... Uh, the Elite, you have the Dark Order, you have the Jericho Appreciation Society. Fucking Jericho had another faction before that, had the Inner Circle. Why? Why does everybody have a fucking faction now? Explain this to me. I know why. Because everyone remembers, you know, the Four Horsemen, and they were the fucking Elite. They were great. You know, before that, you had the Freebirds. Here's the thing, folks. Every promotion had one faction. That was it. World class had the Freebirds. Well, two if you count the Von Erics, but you get my point. WCW had the Horsemen. And then WCW gave you the NWO. So WWE gave you DX. And then you started getting all these fucking, um, 
all of these side NWO projects. You had the NWO Wolfpack, and then you had the LWO. And WWE responded by putting more people in DX, all right? And you know what? We're not going to give you DX. We're going to give you uh, the Nation of Domination. And then we're going to put together all the Heart Family, and we'll have a new Heart Foundation. And then we're going to do some really stupid shit. We're going to give you the, um, the corporation and the ministry. And then we're going to put them together and do the corporate ministry. Let's not forget the Bariquas and DOA. Oh, my God. You have fist-fucked the shit out of factions. Hold fucking stop. So now it's at the point where I should care that the bloodline's getting involved. But I don't because I've been watching this shit happen for the last 30 fucking years. Every wrestling promotion should just get rid of factions for like the next 10 years. Just break them all up. Keep tag teams. Keep singles. Maybe throw a couple of uh, uh, six-man tag teams, like trio, trio teams. Fine. Okay. But just nobody, nobody does factions for another 10 years. So we can actually like maybe get some fucking heat on it again. Oh my God. Because again, the Roman Reigns thing, every match is, it's basically the NWO. Hogan's defending his title. Hogan gets in trouble. You actually start putting over that Hogan might lose this belt. And then if you look in the back, you look at the crowd, everybody starts looking at the entrance ramp because they know there's going to be a run-in. NWO is going to do a run-in. And that's what happens. You know, everyone starts looking over and here comes the Usos. Here comes Solo. Fucking hell. Oh, my God. Anyway, that was a long ass rant. And I apologize. I got sick of listening to myself for a while. So I apologize for that. But that's basically where they went wrong with Roman Reigns. Ironically, that is the exact opposite of what they did in this match. (laughs) Was... Roman and Kevin Owens had a great match. The story that they've been telling, Sami Zayn has been a superstar. Sami Zayn has been fucking amazing in this story because Sami started as just being the goofy little... You remember that little Jack Russell Terrier that used to hang out with the Bulldog in the the, um, Looney Tunes cartoons? Remember that guy? Little Jack Russell Terrier hang out. Hey, Spike, what do you want to do? What do you want to do, cat? You want to go chase some cars, Spike? Huh? Huh? You want to go beat up a cat, Spike? What do you want to do? Huh? That was Sami Zayn. That was exactly what Sami Zayn was. He was this little Jack Russell Terrier hanging out with pit bulls. Okay? And you fucking love this guy because they hate him. But they tolerated him. And then over the last four months, six months, whatever it's been, you see Sammy start working his way into the bloodline and he's being accepted by Jimmy Uso. Jay can't stand him. Jimmy loves him. Solo is just hanging out, watching his back. And then little by little, piece by piece, they're telling the story until finally Sammy gets accepted and he's an honorary Uso. It was just masterful storytelling, okay? But you can't have a story that goes on forever. This is going to be the most basic bitch thing you've ever heard me say, but every story has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. What a fucking concept, right? Exactly. Okay, that's what this story is. You had the beginning where Sammy was, he was the little Jack Russell Terrier hanging out with pit bulls. All right. You had the middle where he's finally accepted. You know, he's the honorary ooze. And right towards the end of the middle, you have they throw in this seed of doubt where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they've been friends for 20 years. They're not going to say it on WB television, but these guys were working the indies together. These guys were working ROH together. These guys came up through NXT together like if you know the, this, these two guys' backstory, this, this story they're telling here is fucking phenomenal, okay? See to doubt, is Sammy really with us, the bloodline? Or does he have a soft spot for this friend that he's had for 20 years? A friend who's turned on him, like, every three months. They never mention that. But, again, this was great storytelling. So, you had this match with Roman Reigns and... Um, 
and uh, uh, Kevin Owens, sorry. And the story is, whose side is Sammy on? Sammy's saying he's on the bloodline side, but there's shit he's doing that you're not quite sure about. And um, they had these camera shots. There was this, There, you had uh, Roman at one point, he spears Kevin Owens through the, through the barrier, which is just a standard boilerplate fucking spot in every main event now. Every WWE show, somebody has to get speared through the barricade. Okay? That's, that's a thing. That always has to happen. And then Roman picks up Kevin Owens, grabs him by the head, and just throws this poor bastard down on the metal steps, and I almost shit myself. I just pictured taking a bump, not on a flat surface. I'll take a, I'll take a bump on a flat metal surface before I would on, on steps. Fuck that shit. Kevin Owens took two of those. And the second one, I swear to God, I saw the back of Kevin's head hit those steps. Maybe they didn't. Maybe I saw what they wanted me to see. But I bought it, damn it. And I'm just like, oh, holy shit. And the whole time you're getting camera shots of Sami Zayn's face. And you can see there's sympathy in his eyes. You can see he's watching his friend get his ass kicked. Here's what this was. Oh, my God. Nerd brain just made this connection. This was the end of Empire Strikes Back. When the Emperor... Not Empire Strikes Back. Return of the Jedi. Where the Emperor is electrocuting the shit out of Luke Skywalker. And um, Darth Vader is just sitting there watching. And he's just watching. And you're not sure. Like, is, is Vader on Palpatine's side? Is he on Luke's side? And then all of a sudden, he jumps in and saves Luke's ass. That's what this match was. Holy shit. I just made that connection right now. Oh my God. So Roman is just kicking the shit out of, out of Kevin Owens and Sammy's just standing there watching, but he's actually like, you can see his face. He's just like, he's even telling Kevin, stay down, fucking stay down, bro. He didn't say bro, but I'm paraphrasing. And Roman hits that final spear, covers him done. Now the bloodline comes to the ring and these three just start kicking the shit out of Sami Zayn. And, uh, Sami Zayn, I'm sorry, Kevin Owens. They start kicking the shit out of Kevin Owens, handcuff him to the to the um, to the top rope, and the Usos just proceed to have a Samoan super kick party on Kevin Owens' face. Just super kick this fucking guy, what had to have been like a dozen and a half times. They just kept kicking him and kicking him and kicking him. Oh my god. Roman asked for a chair. He gets a chair, he goes to swing, and that's when Sammy jumps in and saves Kevin. And he, But he's telling him, like, you don't need to do this. You're better than this. This is beneath you. And Roman just says, yeah, it is beneath me. You do it. And he hands Sammy Zayn the chair. So Sammy Zayn now has the chair in his hand. And he can't do it. He can't swing. This whole thing was fantastic. And Roman just starts berating him like, no, you do this. He doesn't give a shit about you. We have backed you up. We've taken you into our, you know, he's just fucking just, oh my God, just mentally abusing this poor fucking guy. And Roman turns his back and Sammy swings this chair. The sound of the chair hitting Roman's back is this amazing crack and it is immediately drowned out by the fucking pop this this crowd lost their shit they just oh you actually heard the the mics start to start to pop like they were popping up the mics this this was masterful storytelling this is probably the best angle that WWE has done in 20 years. I dare you find me one other find me one other uh, story arc that was done. And I punch the table again. That was done this well. All right. And the only thing that was better was Roman Reigns takes this chair shot and he crumbles and he turns around. He's holding the chair and the Usos and Solo Sokoa are just looking at him like, "Are you serious, bro?" Are you fucking kidding us right now? And Sammy's just like almost crying. Sammy's just like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't. He's holding. 
and Jim Uso super kicks Sami Zayn. And this crowd lost its shit. This crowd came out of their seats because Jimmy Uso just super kicked Sami Zayn. This was nuclear heat. This was fan-fucking-tastic. The crowd is even chanting, Fuck you, Roman. And they, the whole bloodline proceeds to beat the piss out of him. They sat there and beat his ass. Like, like Craig beat Debo's ass in Friday. Like they just whooped his ass and the crowd is just chanting, fuck you, Roman, fuck you, Roman. And the bloodline stands up and they just look in and they fed for this crowd that Oh my God, that was just a masterpiece of working a crowd is they just stood there and they just fed, they fed the crowd more fuel to hate them with. That was, oh my God. So the, I'm fuck. I almost blew myself up on that. I almost got winded telling that whole fucking story, <laughs> but this, that's what I'm talking about. This show was long as shit. I'm not going to lie. Again, this was a six hour show, but there were parts of this show that were brilliant. There were some that were just actually just completely just dumb as shit. But I would say the benefits, the, 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 uh, peaks on this show were way better than the valleys. So I will say, you know what? This was a really good show. I, I loved it. And um, if you guys have Peacock, I would recommend, if you haven't seen it yet, I would recommend going back and watching this show. I would say check out the Men's Rumble, the Women's Rumble, and the Reigns-Kevin Owens match. That's all you need to see. Everything else is utter bullshit. You can watch this show. You can be done with it in like two hours. All right, so that's the show for today, folks. I just wanted to come in and I wanted to do a show just for the Royal Rumble. Um, like I said, this this starts the road to WrestleMania. So the next two months, three months uh, should be awesome. Uh, for those of you who have tickets to WrestleMania, just know I fucking hate you because <laughs> I don't I don't think I've mentioned this. I was actually um, I was going to get tickets to WrestleMania. I had my friend Susan on the phone. I messaged Susan and I said, hey, if I can get tickets to WrestleMania, do you want to go? And the message, the text message I got back was, uh, fuck yeah. And I lost my job the next day. <laughs> That's what I get for making plans. Fuck. Um, yeah, I actually had two. I pretty much had two tickets to WrestleMania almost in my hand. And I lost my job the next day. So I don't think I'll be going to WrestleMania because, you know, poverty. And, um, so yeah, that's, that sucks. Anyway, road to WrestleMania is, uh, we're definitely on the road now. So the next few months should be awesome. Mania is going to be great. Um, knowing that it's 90 minutes from my house and I'm going to be watching it on a Peacock is, you know, kind of aggravating, but anyway, sometimes life shits on you. What are you going to do? So, all right. I am Greg Hernandez, the Ninja Nerd Warrior. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Um, if you like this show, God bless you. You can um, do me a favor, like and subscribe and um, share it with your friends. You know, share it with friends, family, recommend it. Um, if you don't like the show, don't recommend it, but please still like and subscribe because I need the numbers. All right. Uh, you can find my show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Amazon Music. Or you can go straight to the source and you can go on uh, NinjaWarrior.com. All right. I think that's all of it. I've shamelessly plugged all of this, haven't I? Okay. So, all right, folks. I will talk to you next week, and um, I'm going to have some cool fucking Oculus stories. I'll tell you that. Bye-bye. <laughs>